Death by DVD. Classics. Your favorite live hits of Death by DVD. Back from the grave. And now, your host. Welcome to Death by DVD. This week's episode will be a Death by DVD classic. Alexander Nash couldn't be here. He was, uh, viciously mauled by a dog. By a show dog. He was viciously mauled by a petite show poodle, and, um, his genitals were vic- viciously mauled. They're gone. Um, just completely. So, he, uh, he'll be back next week after, um, he gets better. He'll, he'll be fine. I'm Hollywood Hank, the world's greatest, and tonight's episode is, uh, I don't know. Um, it's a classic. All right. You know, we've got ten years of live recordings in the Death by DVD vault, and they all, uh, they all kind of suck. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not selling this in. I'm not doing a good job selling this. So let's see. Let's, uh, let's get it going. Phantasm episode. Yeah, I'm not feeling that either. We could do a King of the Basement episode. I, I, okay, I heard the collective sigh. We'll do something else. It's too much. It's too long. Ooh, alright, I've got something. It's got, um, aliens and Nazis, and it's in space. It's got something the writers like to call a poop vagina in it. I mean, that's something for everybody. I think we've got something for everybody with this one. Alright. From May 20th, 2016, originally broadcast live under the title Starship Troopers. That's the one where the Nazis fight space aliens, right? This episode features incredibly bad audio, very, very bad audio that I deem unlistenable. Is that a word? Un- unlistenable? Unlistenable? Unlistenable. I don't know. What I would now think is a fairly insensitive comment about little people. A deeply in poor taste rape joke, a Denise Richards AIDS joke, which is probably in as uh, much poor taste as the rape joke, a reference to Luke Perry, may God rest his precious, precious soul, a very odd is Kevin Bacon attractive conversation, an unnecessary reference to Roots, and uh, by unnecessary I mean any comment that a white person has to make about Roots is probably fairly unnecessary, and spoiler alert, it's an unnecessary comment a white person makes about Roots. Ooh, there's lots of over-talking, and I think this is like the third or fourth Death by DVD comeback in our decade-long history, if that matters at all. I've not done a good job at selling this at all, but hey, it's a pitch. It's it's a pitch. Fuck it. Listen or don't. I'm not your boss at all. I am Hank, the world's greatest, and I will be back at the end of the episode with further disparaging comments and, I don't know, maybe something somewhat humorous? I doubt it. I, I highly, highly doubt it. So, here we go. Death by DVD. Classics. Your favorite live hits of Death by DVD. Moderately restored for your listening displeasure. From May 2016. Starship Troopers. That's the one where Nazis fight space aliens. Right?
tank bugs, the ones that shoot lava and shit. I mean, it, it, it even looks like Nazi tanks. It's crazy. Paul well, I mean, seems to always have a very big political statement, and I was just, you know, blissfully ignorant to it until this revelation the other day. Well, specifically with Starship Troopers, the one thing I have at the day job, I was trying to explain to this girl I work with that Starship Troopers, the humans are the bad guys. They're the Third Reich. We attacked their planet first. We went to colonize their planet, and they're just fighting back. It's not necessarily the United States, though. It's not like it's supposed to be America or it's the actual Nazis or anything like that. It's just the, the ultralistic, right-wing, fascist uh, mind state. And, and the bizarre thing about all that Human though, nature, is basically. in this universe – but it, yeah, you know, kill or be killed, and the the, the shocking the thing is in this conquer. movie, you know, not saying that this is my beliefs or Paul Verhoeven's or Ed Newmyer's, and, and that they've tried to make that very clear. But in this this film society, everything is kind of fucking perfect. There's there's no well, crime. I mean, if you fuck up, you get killed on TV. There's no sexism. There's no drugs. There's no gender equality. You know. Uh, there's there's no no one's different from anyone else. You're all, you're either a civilian. Or a citizen. And when the movie I was mean, released in 97, though, people didn't get the satire of the entire thing. Because, I mean, some people did, but a lot of people just saw it as big-budget, dumb action film. And it is that. But if you look at Paul Verhoeven's career, like 90% of his movies are satire. They're kind of comical interpretations of very heavy themes, such as... Um, Dictatorships and totalitarian states. Well, I, I definitely think too. You know, he he describes the the movie um, himself and you know the story Robert um, Heinlein's story that it uh, as a fascist action movie that it's it, it, it's beyond it's the, the entire point of this is that this is one hell of an action movie. If you are looking at Starship Troopers from that aspect. It's got absolutely everything you want. It's got multiple love stories, kick-ass weapons, cool spaceships, explosions, everything to just keep you going on. Uh, you know, it, it holds pretty pretty tight for that. Then you look at it from that other aspect, and you know, like I was saying with how there's the gender e- equality, everything's kind of perfect. Everyone over like 40 and 50 is, is missing arms, like Rue McClanahan's character, you know, has no – she's blind. Um, uh, Ironside has one hand. It seems like to become the citizen or to become an adult that you 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 go from this kind of uh you know virginal beautiful innocent you know whatever and then this is the cold facts of life you got to be eighteen you got to live up to being this age and have fun and play football this is the world we divide we conquer we kill we are whatever you know even down to they're all white characters and every single one of them has a Hispanic name that who knows how far the well they are from Costa you know, Rica. <laughs> Our, uh, which I was odd. Yeah, it was it was fucking oh, Buenos Aires. Right. Yeah, even it's even farther down. Man. So it's but they're all white because whatever this government is, whatever the founding fighting fathers were, uh, that did all this you know conquering and shit. Everybody's white now. Well, but they do make a point to show you. Well, I mean, you have a Hispanic man and a couple African American characters in in the movie itself, and I but and I Jay think Lucy. that was to honestly show too that there's no difference. Between them, even though they killed the Spanish and the black guys, uh, <laughs> they still died. The most important thing to remember, though, is this movie both stars Michael Ironsides and the Kurgan Clancy. 
Chris Brown. Andrew McClanahan. I like that. Yeah, that one's still like the whole cast list for this thing. And, and, and two, you know, in regards, uh, Neil Patrick Harris had, had pretty much done just Doogie Howser. Casper Van Dien wasn't famous. Patrick Muldoon was on the Denise Richards was wasn't riddled with AIDS. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, they, were, they were all like Melrose Place or something. They all, that was, none of them had done anything big. Um, the absolutely beautiful Dina Myers. She had, I, all outside of that fucking atrocity, which was Wild Thing 2. And uh, a really bad Dennis Hopper movie <laughs> about like God and, and and demonic possession. I've not seen her in fucking anything worthwhile. Johnny um, Mnemonic. So, uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's one of those things seven? Dennis Hopper did to, to pay off somebody at some point in time in the, the early 2000s, and you don't question it because we still have good movies that he made, and we just sleep tonight knowing he tried his his darn tootness. Uh, but all these actors were unknown. You know, none of them were major studio stars or anything like that. But they were all beautiful and fresh faced and, and and clean. And then everybody else is just would you just tell fucking war torn what this is all about? What is your obsession with Dina Myers? She's what is she's it? Pretty hot. She's a what? I think she's hot, and she's. I don't like Charlie Sheen's ex-wife. That's very so out of the two abuse. female leads, I'm going to go with her because Jake Busey's teeth bother me, so I'm not going to – I mean, no. It's like putting your dick in a can opener. Look at those chompers. What about Patrick probably Maldoon eat like corn in one bite. I, that's the mm, guy who gets his brain sucked out. I, I like his character, and I like the, the duality between um, like him and, and Johnny because – Johnny's supposed to be this like really shitty grunt, and he you know comes from a very rich family. He was very better off. He chose to be this way. Um, but I I don't like the casting. I think he was the only one that kind of looked a bit too old. I liked his attitude, but you know you, you could have gotten like Luke Perry or something. You know what? <laughs> I don't know. Good old, good old Luke Perry would have would have been okay That's for that. You know I can see him. He would just be swinging all the time. I don't that. know. I just don't like. It's not nothing against Patrick Muldoon. He did a great job. It's, he's a 100 percent believable character. And that one and segues into something the, else. Uh, then, but, second, but, second Saved by the Bell cast member to be in a Paul Verhoeven film. That's and that is, that is 100 percent true facts. That you didn't know that. Not on IMDb. Yeah. Oh, I don't use trivia, right my now. friend. I make yeah. my own. We 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 got this, but um what? Yeah, <laughs> MDB made me something something was going and and now it's all it's all gone. But I uh, back to the duality of the two characters. I I think too a, a really interesting point is how like I, again with I guess no classes and everything being okay. You know Johnny has two girls and then Carmen goes for a career and the other guy and she's all of a sudden the like the least favorite character. I just don't like Denise Richards. That has nothing to do with the character uh, at all. Um, I just don't understand why there's such a big difference the word? between everything. Denise Richards what? might be one of the stupidest people I've ever seen in my life. I mean, yeah, Megan she's... Fox, pretty fucking dumb. New level of Denise Richards. Uh, yeah, no, she like Denise Richards... I, uh, she's she's like the result she's able of able to control her bodily functions. That's important. <laughs> she can act, and that's it. Uh, you know, it, it's that when she? Charlie Sheen can one up you. She did in this movie, and, and again, Wild Things. 
She was okay in that. I like I like the first Wild Things. That was a good movie. Kevin Bacon's pretty sexy. I now. can I'm pretend I didn't see Kevin Bacon's dick. That's uh, all. Why I'm would you want to pretend you didn't see Kevin's Bacon dick? There's nothing wrong about that. It's Kevin Bacon. If if you can't admit that Kevin Bacon is is not a not a pretty 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 cool looking guy and en- enjoy what? his Kevin Bacon penis, <laughs> and you <laughs> you, you on, don't on, no, 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 Stop 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 stop. <laughs> What about Kevin Bacon's attractive? His little squish rat face? I'm just saying he's a cool-looking guy. You know, he's, he, he looks he's like he probably wears a leather jacket all the time and, like, always has beer. He's probably the guy that smokes you out. Like, Kevin Bacon just looks like a cool guy. Like, I, I can enjoy some Kevin Bacon penis. I, I, I can enjoy it. You know, I, I like his career. Sure. I enjoy it. about? I enjoy his body of work, and, you know, I, I can get behind some dong every now and again. It's, I don't see what's so wrong with that. I mean, Wild Things had a lot dong? of nudity. Right. You had to cut the line. I mean, did you want to see Bill Murray naked? Is that what you wanted? Is, is that the choice of the male well, nudity you you wish would have been provided in that erotic thriller? Just a, a, a oh, wrinkly, no saggy Bill, Bill Murray, Murray just washing his fucking balls. Incredibly with, hilarious. You know, got the ivory soap all over there. Sorry. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> why are you straying off from Starship Troopers? This is a very important film. I'll, I'll get back to it, you son of a son of a bitch. I, I'll find my way back. I, I just think it's, it's kind of funny up. and weird how everybody is, is supposed to be equal, but yet the animosity between everyone because of the, the small actions they do, which, I mean, he joins the military because of the girl. The girl goes career, and then he gets mad about it. It, it's funny how there's a, no line drawn on the sand between who's who and what's what in this world anymore, but the, your actions still have reactions. That, so everything isn't perfect. That you, it's, Everyone's training to die. The whole point is, is, is you're going to die, and you should just like it and die. Um, it might go. be a comment <laughs> on the uh, future Donald Trump presidency. One day yeah, I'll have you know, to prove that I'm a citizen. I will have to fight bugs. Yeah, and I don't. It's I don't really get any right now. And it's but they they acknowledge it. I mean, you you see them go through boot camp and they still have spirit. They still joke with each other, and then it gets into you know their first combat scenes, and they've become cold. They've become uh, machine like with their movements. They are 100% military at this point. There is nothing left. They are there to kill or be killed. So the, I mean, it's just the humanity is is completely wiped out. It all just goes back to the the whole fascist idea, and it's you know not saying Hitler. Well, if you have but any Paul real questions I mean, about the fascism prevalent in the movie, it's like look at the military scene when Casper Van Dien um, is being punished. They fucking whip him like Kunta Kinte. That is not how a military operates in a sane society. That's taken directly from the book, and I'm happy that that was in there. Because, and that, that's something, too, is something the fucking censors wanted out of the movie and said it was unnecessary. But I think it, it completely sets the tone, and that's where you start to realize, like, this isn't just, you know, this isn't like aliens. They just go there and kill shit. There's no other meaning to it. This actually has a soul behind it. It's got a message, and it, it's, you know... It's very well placed, but you you start to realize, you know, wow, this is a propaganda film, you know, and, and that's what Paul himself says. You know, he doesn't say it's Hitler, but he pretty much says it's Hitler, and he he straight up says, and anything you can read about this film from him, oh, I based it on World like War II more? propaganda. Yep, well, that's, even that's, down to the ending, um, with the brain bug, they get the fucking, which is a terrible thing. We're yeah. gonna, there's some kind of brain bug. 
Okay, you, whatever. I'll let that I, go. I learned a true ridiculous. fact. I, I am not lying. If you fucking doubt me on this, there is a documentary um, on the special edition DVD of Starship Troopers where it, it is said by Ed Newmeyer himself. Or no, Jonathan Yeager says it. Um, he called it poop vagina was what the, the brain bug was referred that's to. Accurate. And that's what he wanted it. He wanted it to look like a butthole and a vagina at the same time. That was what if that's what you thought when you watched the movie. That's because that's you know, what Paul Rose wanted you to think. But there's, yeah, there's a great factoid, so I don't even call it the brain bug anymore. It's the poop vagina. That's what that motherfucker but is. But that's the, like, with the brain bug, they finally capture it, and Doogie Hauser does his whole Kresk and the amazing thing and, like, you know, reads his mind. The bug's afraid. And the entire time we're led to believe that these bugs are, you know, cold, unfeeling, you know, bugs that have absolutely zero emotions. They have fear. They fear the humans because we've destroyed their home world. We've been coming for them the entire time. They were just retaliating against an imposing force. They put, uh, and I feel as horrible as this sounds, the bugs are basically Jews. Or maybe well, no, I mean, that, that's the, the, the whole point of it. Um, uh, I think it's very intentional that that tiny news snippet is, I mean, what they're, the adult, it's before they even graduate, I think, where it, it talks about the, uh, the fucking space Mormons moved out into this territory and got killed by the bug, and everyone was like, oh, no, not the fucking space Mormons. They were great. And we just attacked the living shit out of them. And then they were like, well, you guys are kind of dicks, and they shot a big ass rocket, and I don't know why out of anywhere it landed on Buenos Aires. But that goes back to the book, too, of you know the, whole, the whole world. The, well, the whole world is one place now. So, you know, it's, 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 and James Cameron, if you get into like the, the whole bullshit on aliens, which I'm not going to do, but he wrote down this elaborate idea, which was, you know, the, the, that whole company was one thing that owned the world, and, you know, there was like the United Americas and then Europe, and they were all one big, you know, multi-fucking government complex sort of thing, and that's, that's Starship Troopers. That's where it comes from, and reading the book is wonderful. It's, I've not read it, and it's, it's 15, 16 years. It's uh, way, way long ago. Um, I still have a wonderful copy, uh, but it's. Well, it, 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 I think it's a good companion piece. But it, if you're looking to get into what you got into in the movie, you're just gonna be like, "Fuck this! This, they, this isn't right." Well, if you, you, know, I mean, if you want to get super political, like the midpoint of the film, even when you think it's close to being over, Casper Van Dien grows, uh, joins the elite military group, which is basically the elite Marines, the Navy SEALs. I wouldn't even call them so much the Navy SEALs because they're fucking grunts. They're the people who uh, well, are even, the even, most There's even Marine units and, and you know, Vietnam War and stuff of, of the Roughnecks, and I think that's where it came from. You know, there, there was always well, yeah, units the that were called that in World War II and stuff like that. Are big, they're like the Vikings and fucking morons who we really don't care if they get killed because they're not adding too much to our society. They're just the dumbasses we, you know, they're cannon fodder. Go out there, yeah, earn a they paycheck, were, get shot. I mean, they were pretty much the berserker squad. You know, it's like we'll we'll put these guys down. They're the first to go, last to know. They're gonna, you know, get as many down as they can, and then we'll have an estimation of how many there are because they're all dead. So you know, he they're the most elite badasses, and they get put on the squad because they've survived. You know, everything else. So and that's your that's that's what happens. You don't get a promotion. You know, you're a sergeant now. You've done good. We're going to put you on the death squad. 
if you survive that, then I guess you can go home with no arms and legs and will to fucking live, but you will be a citizen. And that is appealing enough to this society that they still choose to do it knowing that their life is completely 100% fucking indispensable. That is cool. That is that. Hang on, went off to war. I I killed a bunch of people who weren't even asking for it this time. Worship me. I'm a citizen. What? I, I, I can I am a citizen though. You get the I greatest reward in your whole nation. I never asked you to. I didn't want you to put your life. Why the fuck were you t- like fucking with the bugs anyway? They were fine on their little bug planet. Leave them the fuck alone. No. But now it's even a greater reward. You get to come home a war hero. You didn't just serve your active duty. When the movie starts, this war hadn't happened yet. Everything was fine and okay. They were training to do whatever. You don't know <laughs> they play where American Gladiator football. Well, they play yeah, football. That, yeah, that was one sweet, sweet high school football game. But you don't know what the prehistory oh, is, and Verovin preaches that too. That you don't, you don't know where things start. That in this movie, you are told that these Mormons went out there and all this stuff happened. But regardless, look at all of the older people. They're still all scarred and torn and hurt. So whatever you have to do in the military, regardless of it being this bug war or not, must have been fucking horrible. It still must have been one of the greatest sacrifices you could make, you know, to to serve and die or become a citizen. Except for, like, Michael Ironsides, because his arms come off like they're fucking Play-Doh anyway. So I can't really say, ooh, he had a rough battle. His arm probably just fell off in the shower. Well, I mean, you got to think, too, of the reward of... Uh, now we're actually at war. So you're not just joining and going and doing whatever. You're joining at wartime. Yeah, so you are, there you, you are going to be more of a hero. Your citizenship will matter more, and that's where, you know, I think, because you get the characters at the beginning when they're all in the shower and the, the writer is talking about, you know, well, what do you do? What do you do? And one person is got into school and becoming a citizen. The, the army will pay for it. Well, they never say army. They don't tell you what branch it is. It's just Mobile infantry, these motherfuckers, and then there's the flight people. And that's, it's very basic with that. You know, one woman wants to have a baby, and you have to get a license to have a baby. What greater sacrifice to not just be a mother but a citizen, you know, that's, and a you know, military. That's, just, that's all their life matter. Grow up to, to sign up and die. Well, not only that, and if you it don't, even you know, is preying on human nature's sense of vengeance because in the movie – Casper Van Dien's not particularly interested in any of it. Yeah, I'm just a fun-loving guy. And then the power of vengeance comes in because, ooh, that's deeply what's in human nature. Let's get vengeance. Oh, let's fucking kill them all now because they killed my fucking family. Yeah, but, I mean, you killed their family. It's kind of a back-and-forth type deal. And well, that's what you need is, to, like, to realize with that twist in the movie is that if it could have been shown any more clear that the humans were the villains, it would have been from the aliens, the bugs side. That would have you know, been a, a completely boring, stupid fucking movie. So it had to be done <laughs> in, in a fashion, and if you, 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 you're supposed to, to like progress along with it and start to realize, you know, well, they didn't – what did they do? Why are they uh, – Fuck this, man. They were just defending themselves. But nobody questions it. Nobody thinks it's wrong. One of the things that is in this film and one of Paul Verhoeven's other movies, uh, RoboCop, that I miss from a comic, he's only made X amount of movies. He's only been allowed to make X amount of movies. 
the commercials, the sense of commercialism throughout our society, because in all in both those films, there's so many commercials throughout the movie, and it's not presented as a commercial like in that world. I mean, it is part of that world, but it's shown to you as a commercial as well. It's shown you to know, you it's actually to remarkable look at and him. funny. When we reviewed RoboCop, mm. we talked about this this specific movie, Starship Troopers, in the same manner that we're going back with RoboCop. Well, Which, I mean, it's just the greatest hoping, example I mean, that you can use, though. I mean, you, you have to compare him to that because outside of that total recall, we, we can't really use a Hollow Man. I mean, which probably had really a lot more commercials in it. Yeah. Total Recall. He, they probably made him cut a lot more shit out of Total Recall than you realize. Well, that's a kind of a cool fact, too, when it comes with uh, Starship Troopers, is that when, you know, it was signed on, you know, Ed Neumeyer, uh, I, I apparently, you know, has loved this book his entire life and it has, you know, meant the world to him, wrote the screenplay, talked to uh, Paul about it, and, you know, I uh, was like, this is what I want to do. I, I want to do this weird love triangle sort of angle, and that's where his, like, his big focal point in the movie was he wanted to focus on the duality of the characters and human nature and stuff like that. And he, Neumeier is even surprised that people feel bad for the, the, the brain bug. He didn't realize the result was going to be the way it was, but that Paul Verhoeven did that. And that was his direction to push, to, to, to uh, let you allow and realize and look at things from a different perspective. But so much is put on the aspect of it being this huge fascist society that it's everything's overshadowed. At this point, it's just like countless ammunition. Nobody reloads. Just every shoot, kill everything. And that's where we come to the sequels. Wow. Okay. I've heard the second one is god awful, and but I've heard the third one tries its hardest to replicate the first film. Keeps. It's got mech suits in it. It's more of an action film. The second movie is like a fucking thriller. It's uh, almost a slasher movie of a fucking bug getting in people's skin and controlling their minds and all that bullshit. So basically no budget. Um, no, I, I, I legitimately have never invested time in these. Well, the second one does have those commercials in it. I can't remember if the third one does or not. And it, it does add something to it, and I'm pretty sure Phil Tippett directed it, the guy who did the uh, basically the special effects, did all the puppet movement in the first one. And I respect him as an artist, but this, what the second one's missing a lot is what Paul Verhoeven did uh, with all the meditations on fascism, uh, warlike societies, the adoration of people who've been to war, things like that. To Introducing where, young children into fully automatic firearms. And when you get to the sequel, it's just more of a thriller. It's just like, oh, here you go. You know, I didn't, I didn't really want to, to to delve that deep and have something, you know, ruined. But it, I guess there is also another film that is a direct sequel to the last one, where Johnny Rico returns. It was animated. But it got years ago, there was a, a pretty kick-ass 3D cartoon that was just the Roughnecks. It made toys. It had no Starship Troopers toys. It's a oh, violent-ass yeah. movie it's... with lots of kids. It, it, it got a great deal, of, and it was, you know, so many people were shocked and appalled by what it stood for and picketed it. But then at Toys R Us, you know, you could go and find uh, some of the bug toys, which I'd, I'd kill to have. <laughs> Those things were sweet as shit. I mean, you you've got to talk about great design, even though there's a great deal of computer generated images in this movie. Regardless, I mean, they filmed it out in, in like fucking Montana or Wyoming. I think Wyoming actually, and uh, some stuff on a, a, a soundstage in California. But it's just the bugs are great. They are, they are just – every single one of them looks fantastic, even when it is digital imaging. I mean, when the scene with Rico on top of the fire spitting 
tank bug, they call it, the tank, uh, and shooting the inside of it and holding on. Almost all of that was digital. They just, you, know, you can't control something that well without risking you know, anybody's life. Um, and it, it well, just, a lot it's of not the, very plausible. But that, it looked great. A lot it, of that has fantastic. to do with um, the fact that Phil Tippett, who is originally a puppeteer, uh, knows movement. He built models, and he tiered the models, and they fed his movements into the computer, so it still has that human touch. It's not completely animated by some guy behind a computer. Um, so if you watch even like something actual... like um, Mold. Oh, yeah, like fucking Godzilla, the 1998 Godzilla, when they go under Madison Square Garden. Those fucking dinosaurs are floating. They're not grounded in any sort of reality. They're little raptor babies and shit. They're... There's absolutely no basis to fit them in reality because the animators are just animating something and they just stick it in a scene. And we've kind of gotten past that with CGI. Um, I did see Civil well, War, and I, like, I don't even so really strong. notice CGI much anymore. I mean, when you have something like Transformers, you, I, I notice it. But I don't even know what's going on in those movies. Well, I mean, this film's from 1997. This this is not recent at all, and it still holds up well, really well. Models. Yeah, I mean, and that was well, models. models. And that was one of the cool, you know, points about it too. Is that well, I mean, even like stuff like uh, the invasion of planet, or when they get to planet P and uh, the bugs start coming everywhere, and, and instead of just like what? adding everything in, they had cardboard models right. and had people like actually walking and 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 holding them and using the them as you know props. Well, not as props, but to to get a focal point on what was going on, so they could cut and edit the scene and have the movement come in steady. So, I mean, it was just like two or three guys with, you know, a cutout of what this thing looked like with what, you know, the bugs looked like. And they, they did that and then used the digital model on top of it to place the movement. And that, that scene is just horrifying. I mean, it takes your breath away with how many are coming just rapidly and everyone's firing and shooting all at once. I mean, and nothing was there but, you know, three guys on a cardboard cutout. And it, but it's still, it's great. And then you have the, the, the hoppers or whatever just swarming down with the razor-sharp fucking wings and taking off heads, and Kevin Yeager did the, the design of the guy who's, who's at the top of his head. Not just his head gets cut off at the top, which is just grisly and, and wonderful, but that was a, a practical effect. That's an actual model, and they went in and used a digital wing to cut through. And Quick and, question. But the blood was squirted. It was real. It was, that's cool. Completely off the subject, but um, what is your favorite line from Starship Troopers? Because it has a shit ton of really good, kind of ridiculous dialogue, but all at the same time just kind of really amazing. Because my favorite line personally is Michael Ironsides when they infiltrate um, the fucking destroyed base and he looks at the corpse and goes, they sucked out his brains. Oh, that's classic, like, 50s sci-fi bullshit dialogue. It's awesome. I wish more movies would just be a little bit more arch like that. I again will. I think I'm gonna have to go with Michael Ironside though. I I love uh, drill instructor Zim. I I just love him screaming repeatedly medic. Um, it just reminds me of Angus <laughs> Scrim yelling boy, which it just I, I love it. I mean, if you don't like Clancy Brown, you're a fucking asshole. He's wonderful in everything, but uh, Ironside speech. Well, when he when Michael Ironside uh, realizes Rico and uh, Flores are, are are in the crew, and he he looks them up and down. It's something. Uh, uh, everybody fights, nobody quits, and if you don't do your job, I'll shoot you myself. That's just like, fuck. This dude was like your English teacher, and he's just like, it, it just transformed, and that's what war does. That's what being a citizen does. I, I love it. I love the power behind it. 
my lion's all lion again, English teacher taught me was how to get raped. So <laughs> that's it's Jesus a little Christ. different. You, you should know. probably have filed some sort of report um, because that is not it was what oral exams are supposed to be about at the hall. You have been lied to and abused. You poor child. We have got to be running out of time. Uh, <laughs> well, we're way out of time. We're way out of time. Well, it, it fucking cut us off a while back, but I think it still records. I'm well, pretty we'll sure see. it still does. Until it cuts us Let's the fuck go. off. We don't even have a song to go out on because we, we are don't. hopefully unprepared for any of this. Well, we still we come week, back. We, yeah, we've got plans. We've got ideas. We want to try some new stuff. We We definitely want to come back because nobody else is entertaining. I don't know. Maybe maybe we just like to hear ourselves <laughs> talk to support our overinflated egos or, or something like that. I don't know, but it's pretty cool. And a lot of people have expressed how happy they are that we're going to come back on Friday nights. So thank all of you, uh, you know, especially guys like Manny from Masquerade Picture. But anyway. Well, if none of this recorded, I don't know. I guess that'll be the show, and we might be back next week. We've got ideas. So until then, uh, donate to our Patreon account that we don't even have. Maybe we should just yeah, set that so up. Buy a painting. Support Death by DVD. Guy Exalan Nash is a, is a commissioning artist. You can uh, you can request something, get it painted, give him a thousand dollars. Because we and want to publish. And if you just want book. a hand job, <clears throat> request it from Hank. Wow. You finished that? I offer no apologies. It's your own stupid-ass fault for listening to the entire thing. But now you've reached the light at the end of the tunnel. That's something. Kudos to submitting yourself to torture like that, though. I personally do not care for Death by DVD classics. Bad quality, old episodes, meh. Reruns are only good on TV. And... I've gotten blown up and shot on the last few classics, which is absolutely horseshit. No one ever mentions it. No one ever brings up, oh, hey, Hank, didn't you get blown up and fucking shot? Nope. Nothing. It's bad enough that I've got to endure I, Alexander Nash, harping about Tarantino doesn't impress me. I've not watched a Tarantino movie since. I'm just not going to watch it. Like, that fucking matters. But I get shot and blown up. And no one even says, like, hey, Hank. How you doing since you got shot? I'm blown up. But so it goes. What are you going to do? What's the worst that they can do? It's not like somebody's going to open up the door and murder me with an axe. Thanks.